Well, I want to welcome all of our campuses. I want to welcome our South Shore campus joining us right now, Gulf Coast Online, the Orleans Justice Center. I want to welcome those 1,200 men and women that are watching right now. Come on, can we just welcome them from the Orleans Justice Center? So excited to have you guys every week with us. We are in week three of a series entitled Trap. We're talking about how to get untrapped. Again, we can't necessarily change our external circumstances, but we can always change what's going on the inside of us. Now, last week, we talked about the mind. We talked about the power of our thoughts and, and what it means to renew the mind. By the way, if you're a guest here or just new here, uh, you can go online, churchtheking.com, download any of our stuff online. Of course, we give away uh, free CDs at all the campuses uh, as well. Today, I want to teach a message dealing with the realm of our emotions. I do want to say to all the campuses, and next week on Mother's Day, I'm going to be teaching about a woman in the Old Testament that was temporarily trapped. Uh, she was trapped in a delay phase in her life. What do you do when you're in a delay phase? And I'm going to show you how she walked in faith and she was able to see the promise of God. So you don't want to miss uh, Mother's Day next week. Today, I want to talk to you about how to deal with how you feel. How to deal with how you feel. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Mark chapter 12 as our key verse uh, to kick us off today. Mark chapter 12, verse 29 and 30. Jesus is talking. Here, here's what he says. The most important commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Now, he could have stopped right there. That's pretty powerful. You got to love God with all of your heart. But he didn't stop right there. He actually went on. You, 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 you must love God with all of your heart, comma, all of your what? Say it. Which we found out last week, the soul is the mind, the will, and the emotions. You love God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and all of your strength. Jesus is talking here, and he's teaching here about the importance of being all in. Not just being what I would call a, a drive-through Christian, where it's, you know, you give you a little drive-through order, and you go through. No, as a matter of fact, he's talking about getting out of the car, going in, looking across the counter, having face-to-face, -face, and, and, and being all in. The reality is, he was saying, when you love God, it's not just a casual, good to see you, God, but it's loving God with all of your heart, all of your soul, which is the seedbed of your emotional realm, your soul. And you love God in your soul. In other words, we are to love God with our heart, with our mind, with our emotions, and our strength, with our physical body. We are to present ourselves. So, so the picture here is a picture of somebody that's all in. I want to talk to you today about loving God in the realm of our soul, loving God in the realm of our emotions. How do we love God in the realm of our emotions? Now, I want to talk about emotions just for a moment because I've been a believer. I'm 48. I became a Christian right when I turned 19. I was a freshman in college, so close to 30 years. And I've heard all kinds of messages on the emotional realm. I've heard preachers talk about things from every spectrum. I've heard people suggest that somehow our emotions are, are not even a part of who we are. But when you open the Bible, we begin to understand that God has made us with emotions. The question is, are they good or are they bad? Are, are they a positive or are they a negative? Well, it depends. I liken emotions to this analogy. It's like fire. 
Fire is wonderful if it's used appropriately. Fire can warm people in the, when you're outside in the, in the woods and you're cold and, and, and you make a fire. Fire warms homes that, that, that you know, when you'd have fireplaces and fi- fire is, is a part of, of, of industry and manufacturing over the years, how it's been a part. So fire, fire can do amazing things. Fire can, can, can help to control burns and, 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 and it can, can produce forests in a wonderful way if it's controlled, if it's controlled. Fire is an amazing thing. But if it's out of control, it can cause massive destruction. Like we read about and heard about uh, last year in, um, in Gatlinburg, in that area where that one guy, that one guy was careless with, with fire and it destroyed. I, as kid, as uh, my kids were growing up, we used to go there a lot to Gatlinburg, like many of you at, and, 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 and I, I was even recalling when they were talking about the different things that were burning last year. That, oh, gosh. Oh, man. That's, that's, I, know exact, I know exactly where that is. You see, fire is good if it's used appropriately. But if it's used inappropriately, it, it causes, causes massive destruction. In the same way, God has created us and he's given us emotions. And, and emotions, they, they are amazing where we can experience a sense of joy and peace. And, and, and there can be optimism and, and there's this sense of excitement and passion if it's, if, it's, if it's appropriately controlled. But if it's out of control, emotions out of control can wreak havoc in the home. We say the wrong things. We can rip people up. We can, we can rip up our businesses. We can degrade employees. We can confront in the wrong way. We can, we can, we can lose our cool in the sports team. We can, we can lose our cool. We can, we can get a technical foul. We can get unnecessary. There's a whole sort of things in the negative column if we do not control our emotions and use them appropriately. I want to talk to you today about emotions. I want to talk about what the Bible has to say about our emotions. Are they a good thing or are they a bad thing? Well, I can say this on a personal level. Um, you know, when you're 48 years old, you, you, you come to a conclusion of kind of what you are. Uh, I, I understand I'm a child of God, but I also understand my personality design. I understand what makes me tick. And I, I'm a passionate person. I'm, I'm, I'm an excitable guy. I get fiery. I get passionate. And, and, and sometimes that's well. That's good. That's good. It, it can, as a, as a communicator, as a pastor, I can inspire people and coach people and pastor and lift. But it also, it's also been a negative in my life when I've not known how to control my emotions. In my home, I've said the wrong things. I've hurt those that are close to me. People that have worked with me, I've, I, I've overreacted and I've, I've gotten overly aggressive with my mouth at times. So, 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 so it's okay to, to appropriately utilize your emotions and it's a wonderful gift. But if it's used wrongly, it can be very painful, both personally and to those around you. I want to do this in a couple ways today. Number one, I want to talk about understanding our emotions. I want to talk about how do we understand our emotions, giving a biblical understanding of it. Number two, I want to talk about then how to manage our emotions. And then number three, I'm going to give you some real practical takeaways. If you're a guest here, every one of my messages is what I want you to know. And number two, what I want you to do. So let's begin with, and I want to tee up in our talk today, I want to talk about what do I want you to know from the Bible about our emotions. Number one, God 
has emotions. Many people don't realize this, but God has feelings. He feels joy. He feels grief. He feels pain. He has emotions. Some people think that God is some sort of a wizard of Oz, kind of a platonic, disconnected, the creator, yes, but he really doesn't feel. That's not the picture of God in the Bible. As a matter of fact, Jesus, when he was on the earth, God's son, the second person, the Trinity, the Bible says when he went to Jerusalem and he saw Israel had rejected God, what, what did Jesus do? The Bible actually said that Jesus wept. That's a lot of emotion. He wept over the city of Jerusalem. He, 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 he wept and he cried. He also wept when he heard about Lazarus and Mary and Martha's brother. And he, there was a whole way, by the way, there's a whole realm, a whole spectrum of emotion that Jesus felt. He felt joy. He, there was sadness at times. There was, there was heartbreak at times. There was a, there was a, a euphoric sense of jubilation when wonderful things happened and, and miracles. And, and there was a whole realm, watch this, there was a whole realm of emotions that, that Jesus experienced as God in the flesh. God the Father feels emotions. One God, three persons. God the Holy Spirit can be grieved and quenched, which means he can feel pain. The Holy Spirit, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can, we can quench him. So, so, so I, I am so grateful that when I pray to God, listen to me, when I pray to God, I'm not praying to some detached God that's a robot. I'm praying to a God that, as a matter of fact, I'm praying to a God that gets me. I'm praying to a God that understands. Pastor, is that in the Bible? It's in the Bible. Hebrews chapter four, check this out. This is so good. Let me tell you something. You and I are praying to a God that gets us. Jesus was 100% God, but he was also 100% man. The Bible says, for we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus, who cannot sympathize, empathize, with our weaknesses. Now, I'm going to ask two questions in the message. Here's one. How many of you would be honest enough to say that you have weaknesses in your life? Come on, all of our campuses, raise your hand. Okay, some of y'all didn't raise your hand. You got lying problems, I'm telling you. <laughs> now, I'm serious. I love you, okay? But, but or you're sleepy. And, and, and so, 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 so I, I know I've got weaknesses. I am so grateful that I don't just serve a creator that's detached. But the Bible says, I ser let me tell you, I serve a God who can sympathize or empathize with my weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as I was and yet without sin. In other words, let me tell you, when you're going through rejection, Jesus gets you. He's been there. When you're going through discouragement, listen, Jesus gets you. He's been there. When you're going through feelings of abandonment, hey, hey, time out, time out. You don't serve a God that doesn't get you. But he's been there. Number one, God, God has emotions. Number two, the second thing about emotions, again, what I want you to know, and then we're going to talk practically what I want you to do, but I'm building a case here. Number two, our ability to feel is a gift from God. Our ability to feel. By the way, I want to say this to all of our campuses here at Little Creek and all those that are watching with us. Uh, I put notes in your bulletin. This is one of these to take notes if you can uh, and to, to, to save this. We have binders that will, can get to you so that you can put. This is a talk that will really, really help you. Number two, our ability to feel is a gift from God. It may not always seem that way, but even... Even, let me just tell you this, even when we feel a whole range of emotions, listen, at least we feel emotions. Let me just say this, robots don't feel, wooden Indians don't feel, human beings feel. And it's because we feel that makes us distinctively human. 
made in the image of God. The Bible says that we're made in the image of God, the likeness of God, and the dominion of God. What does it mean to be made in the image of God? It means that there are characteristics of God. We're not God, but there's characteristics of God. Just like our children are not us, but there's characteristics of us in them. There's characteristics of us, okay, of God in us. And one of the characteristics is that we have the ability to feel. It's a gift from God. We can love. We can create. We can't watch this. We experience a whole realm of emotions, just like God. We, we can experience that. Did you know that the ability to bond is in the realm of the emotions? When you get close to somebody, how do you get close to it? This is not platonic where it's just, we shall mentally, cranially connect. We show cognitive, I mean, there's, a, there's an element of intellectual connection, I understand that. But when you bond, when you talk to psychologists, bonding really happens in the realm of the emotion. When you bond with your spouse, when you bond with a child. I, I have an adopted daughter, and so I've read lots of stuff on appropriately bonding with adopted children. I, I understand that, I, I really do. And, 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 and it's, it's in the realm of the emotions. Listen. The fact that we have emotions is a gift from God, and it gives us the ability to bond. Number three, the third thing about our emotions is we need to learn to avoid the two extremes. Let me give you the two extremes. You guys ready? Here they are. Emotionalism and stoicism. Stoics are Greek. It's actually Paul talked about in the book of Acts. It's a Greek to, to be a stoic. It's, it's somebody that, that, that worshiped the intellect and downplayed the emotion. So there's emotionalism and there's stoicism. Okay, these are extremes. We don't want to find ourselves in each one of these ditches. What's emotionalism? Here it is. You guys ready for this? Emotionalism. Somebody that, that, that would be characterized as that is, they, is, is they, they worship their emotions. They've come away with this conclusion in life. You ready for this? If it feels good, do it. I mean, you know, there's lots of things that feel good we shouldn't do. Matter of fact, there's lots of things that we've done that have felt good that have gotten us in trouble. Just because something feels good, you don't do it. It's, that's what our culture says today. If it feels good, just do it. That, that is to suggest that somehow we deify and we venerate feelings to the point that, that, that they kind of displace God. No, listen, that's emotionalism. Feelings are wonderful. They're a gift from God, but we don't live by our feelings. We are not controlled by what we Feel. So that's one extreme. The other extreme is Stoicism. Stoics say, listen, Stoics dethrone emotions and they enthrone, they, 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 they put the intellect right here. So in other words, they shut down their emotional realm. A Stoic shuts down and they, they worship the intellect. They worship logic. They worship rational thinking. And so this, this group over here, they worship emotions. This group worships the intellect. As a matter of fact, I call these, this group over here gushers and this group over here stuffers. By the way, you often find that, you know, it's crazy. This is crazy. You often find these two people marry one another. Come on, you know what I'm saying? And by the way, that's not gender specific either. Oh my gosh, you just, you know, this person, they're all over the place. You know, they don't connect with me. They don't want to have fun. They don't want to have adventure. And this group over here, you're not logical. That doesn't make sense. And that can be either one. You ought to try to counsel people like that. Matter of fact, I don't really, I don't do marriage counseling anymore because I'm really not that good at it. I just get people nervous and anxious and like, what? Are you kidding me? 
you know, so. But, but, but it's amazing how often part of the problem in the marriage relationship is, watch this, is one is a stuffer and the other one is a gusher. It's all related to what do you do with the realm of your emotion because this person needs to drop their guard and allow their emotions to come out of the cave. Come on, come on, come here, come here, come here. It's okay. And this person needs to make sure to understand that life is not defined by their emotions. Does that make sense? So, so we have to understand that. We have to understand not to live in the extremes. That was a terrible clap. But anyway, so I'm just being honest. It's gross. Like Wimbledon. But anyway, let, let, that, so let me give you a cut. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. They'll cut that out on the video. Let me give you guys a couple of things about how to manage our emotions. All right. How do we manage our emotions? So number one, we understand that, we're, that God has emotions. Number two, we understand emotions are a gift from God. All right. Number three, we want to ex- avoid the extremes. Let's talk about now managing our emotions. All right. Why we need to address unhealthy emotional patterns. Number one, here we go. Often our feelings are unreliable. Again, they're not bad. There's nothing wrong with feelings being an indicator. There's a lot of problem with our feelings being a dictator. Does that make sense? But we don't live by that. We we don't live. They can be unreliable. Feelings are often untrustworthy. They can lead you down a wrong direction, get you ensnared. How many times have you thought? Here it is. How many times have you thought? I know this is the right thing to do. Here it is. You ready? I know this is the right thing to do. I can just feel it in my gut. 50% chance. Just because you feel something and it feels right doesn't mean it is right. How many of you know this, the Holy Spirit supersedes your feelings? Just because something feels right doesn't, doesn't, doesn't mean it's right. And I want to help you guys with this because somebody, well, I just felt it. Well, that's all right. But how many of you know that your felt it is equal to the will of God for your life? Let me give you an example here. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. I know this is, I know this, in a culture today, that I know that this is, this is radical. This is like radical teaching, but, but it's biblical teaching because we have been so duped and trained into thinking that we are what we feel. Look what the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. There is a way that seems, that feels Right? There's a way that feels right. Now go this way. It just feels right. There's a way that feels right to a person, but its end is the way of death. In other words, don't take that road. You don't want to take just because you, this because it feels right. Is it right? Is it against the word of God? Does it line up with the voice of the Holy Spirit? Does it line up with scripture? Does it line up with godly counsel? Just because something feels right, not maybe right, but it may be wrong. The question is not whether it feels right. The question is, is it right? We've got to understand this. I, you know, my wife and I, we've lived in different apartments, but three different homes. I remember one time looking for a home and we would go to some homes. I thought, you know, this is just, oh, just, boy, this is so awesome. It feels great to be in here. But yet, watch this. When we would pray about it, there was a difference of feeling right versus the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. The peace of the Holy Spirit is different than it just feels right. Are you with me? There's a lot of decisions that people are making that just feels right that's blowing relationships apart. 
that's blowing businesses apart, that's blowing relationships with kids apart. It's, it's not just what feels right. It's what is, what, what is the peace of the Holy Spirit where you've prayed about it. There's a difference. Number one, our feelings are often unreliable. Number two, why, why should we address unhealthy emotional patterns? We don't want to be manipulated. If you don't control your emotions and your moods, other people will for you. I say this respectfully. Some of you are in the advertising business and marketing. We've got very sharp people in this church. Uh, but, but you guys are smart. You know, we know how to manipulate things. And I understand that in the business world. But it's interesting enough is that we, we've got to understand because we can be manipulated. That buying things. You go somewhere and, and, and you've heard the old, uh, the whole, I guess it's a proverb. You never shop when you're hungry. I mean, you know what I'm talking about? $500 worth of groceries. You know, you're like, geez, I don't know why I got all this. Because you're hungry. You know. And, and matter of fact, one time, I got to tell you this one time, you know, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting at Church of the King. And I tell you, I don't for 21 days just drink water. First week, I'll drink juice, a little bit of water, coffee, because it's God's will. Because <laughs> I don't want to go through a headache. And then I'll, I'll switch and go into this Daniel fast, which is nothing, you know, it's no sweets, no meats, no bread. Okay. It's interesting. I, I have learned that it is foolish for me to watch TV during my first week. I will channel surf just to find a commercial on food. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I gotta, oh, oh, you know, it's broccoli. It's amazing. You know, it's just. Hey, y'all ever went into a restaurant and you looked at a menu and you ordered something off of the menu when there was a picture? And you're like, this looks awesome. And then it came out. You're like, this looks different. You ever done that before? It's like, this is not. And you want to tell the manager, what's up? <laughs> False advertising here, you know what I'm saying? We, we don't want to live by our emotions because if we do, we can be manipulated. Proverbs 25, 28 says this. Like a city that's broken down, broken into and without walls. Remember this in Bible times. How did you protect cities? Walls. The whole book of Nehemiah is about Jerusalem. The walls have been broken down. And they were rebuilding the walls. That's what the whole book of Nehemiah. So, so in the Old Testament, in ancient times, you would have a city, kind of the center of city, but then you'd have walls, and this, so the city would be guarded. The, 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 the writer of Proverbs likens a person's life that's led by their emotions as a city where the walls are broken down. This is a big analogy. Like a city that is broken into and without walls as a man or a woman who has no control over their spirit. They have no control over what's... They're just all over the place. And the enemy just comes freely and goes freely. The enemy can lie because you're, you're, you're led by your emotions. You just, he can come and he can go. Man, that's not good. We can be manipulated. Number three, the third thing is, is that third reason why we, not, we need to deal with unhealthy emotional patterns is we want to please God. Now, I hesitated to say this statement, but I wrote it down, and I want to say it. Yesterday, you know, we have a Saturday night service <clears throat> at the Little Creek campus at 5.30, and I was reading over my notes at 2 o'clock, and I thought, this sentence is so powerful, but it, it is, it's, it's, it's a heavy sentence. But I'm going to stand by it, and I'm going to read it. Here it is. You guys ready? Here it is. God cannot be God in our life if emotions are God in our life. We will either worship our emotions or we'll worship God. We appreciate our emotions, but we don't worship our emotions. Pastor, give me a scripture. Romans chapter 8. Here we go. Paul says this. To be controlled by our emotions. 
Our human nature results in death. We don't want to be, look, they can be an indicator, but not a dictator. When we're controlled by our emotions, boy, it does not set us up for success in life. To be controlled by the Holy Spirit. It's the Spirit of God. I don't, listen, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. The Bible doesn't say we walk by feelings and not by sight. We walk by faith. We appreciate our feelings, but we don't live by our feelings. We don't live by our emotions. He says to be controlled by the Spirit. To be controlled by the Holy Spirit. That's what we're after. To be led by the Spirit. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. That's what we're after, to be led by the Spirit. That results in life and peace. Those who obey their emotions cannot please God. I don't want to obey my emotions. I want to appreciate my emotions, but I don't want to obey them. I want to please God. Let me give you the fourth thing. Why, do we, why should we address unhealthy emotional patterns in our life? Because we want to win in life. And I wrote this down specifically because this is important. Managing our, listen to me, this is important. Learning to manage our moods is one of the predictors of professional and personal success in someone's life. Ooh, pastor, that's heavy. It's true. You know, for years, you would evaluate, they have what's called predictive indexes where you evaluate whether or not somebody, the success and what went into that. And you have this whole, all these stages and all these things. And for years, people were evaluated based upon their IQ and they tried to attach historically, okay, based upon their IQ, how did this person achieve? How did this person? And, but about 30 years ago, there was a shift. There was a shift in business literature. There was a shift, and many of you that are in this, you know this, where no longer was IQ intelligence quotient heralded as the ultimate predictor of success, but now it was EQ. Well, what is EQ? Your emotion quotient. In other words, your emotional intelligence. And what they found is people with average IQs had incredible professional success based upon what? They learned how to manage their emotions and get along with people. See, if we can't manage our emotions, we don't bond with people well. People are freaked out by us. They, they, they avoid us. How can you lead people if they avoid you? And the reality is, is that's why this is so important as Christians, both on a personal level, spiritually connecting with God, personally connecting with those in our home that we love, and professionally, our competency often is attached to, listen, it's how we deal with our moods. Do we fly off the handle? Do we bust people? Do we mess everybody up with our, do we, rah, oh, yeah, you may be super talented, but if you don't get control in this area, people quietly start disconnecting from you. I want to win in life. I want to grow in this area. So let me give you a couple more scriptures here. Proverbs 5, 23. Got real quiet in this church just now. Five, uh, Proverbs 5, 23. Though they get lost and die, those that can't control their emotions because the, of their foolishness and their lack of self-control. Their lack of self-control. I don't want to have to where people avoid me because they think, oh, or in my home or my friends. Yeah, well, you know, no, no, I want to, I want to, they're a healthy, it doesn't mean you don't go through a bad day. Of course we all do. But people will trust you based upon the predictability of your long-term consistent emotional responses to them. They will. Let me give you another one. First Peter 4, 2. From now on, then, you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will. <clears throat> I want to be controlled by the will of God. I want to be controlled by the word of God. I want to be controlled by the spirit of God, not by my human emotions. Wow. 
So I want to talk to you now. How do I change this? All right, pastor. Woo. Wow, man. This is okay. I know that the Bible is clear. God's given me emotions as a gift, but I also know that I need to appropriately use my emotions to help bond with people, to encourage people, to love God with all of my heart. I understand God's gift. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be controlled by my emotions, but I want to appropriately utilize them. I got 10 minutes. I want you to stay with me. I want to give you now, how do we deal with unwanted feelings? All right, y'all with me? How do we now deal with it? So it's actually three parts today. What I want you to know, I gave you a little bit more of an insight on managing them. Now I want to talk about how do I basically get rid of these unwanted feelings? I want everyone to stick with me. Number one, you've got to name it. The first thing you have to do in dealing with your emotion is you got to name it. You got to put a name on it. What does that mean? You got to identify it, be specific, pinpoint it. You've got to say what it is. All right. Say it. Psalms 55 two. Sometimes I feel like David, my thoughts are restless and I'm confused. I realize in my own life, when I get confused is when there's a lack of clarity, I've got to bring identification. I got to get real specific. Why am I feeling this way? What's going on? And I got to tell you, I had a eureka moment a couple years ago. Actually, it was more than that. It was about 12, 14, about 14 years ago. When I came to grips with this, there was an emotion in my life that I wasn't proud of, and that was called anger. I realized, I thought, why? I get so angry so quickly. Why am I getting angry? I mean, I'm not punching walls and throwing books and all that, but, but, I'm, but, I'm, but I, I'm, 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 getting, I'm getting frustrated beyond frustration. It was beyond irritable where I was getting angry. I realize and I recognize my personality at 48 years old. I get it. I'm a type A personality off the charts. I've taken all the personality tests. I've taken all these things. Matter of fact, one time I was taking the test and I, I was such a high driver. It looked like I was Genghis Khan. I started lying on the test. I thought, no, no, I'm better than that. No, no, I started adjusting that. I thought, oh gosh. I thought, no, 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 no. Well, I'm very goal-oriented. Extremely. So I evaluate how I feel at times based upon what I'm accomplishing. Now, God designed me that way in balance. And what I realized was my anger was attached to number one when I felt I was frustrated in reaching my goals, or number two, here it is, or I was fearful of not reaching my goals. So you got to see this. I was, I came to this moment that, wait a minute, I, I, I got to get over this anger. I got, I got frustrated too quick. I got ramped up too quick. And I realized, even though God designed me as somebody, as a, as a type A personality, and that is a personality. God is as an, as, as an, a, a, an achiever, as a leader. I, I know that. But that still doesn't mean that supplants or makes me exempt from walking in the fruits of the Spirit. So what did I have to do? I had to name it. Everybody say name it. I had to say, I have a problem with anger that I need to get over. I, I got to get over this. The church was about year two or year three or four at this point in time. And I thought, I got, I got to get over this. So, pastor, what did you do? All right, brings us up to the next one. Everybody say, name it. Amen. Now, say number two, say, challenge it. Okay, I got to challenge this now. Naming it is great, but it's just the first step. What do I mean by challenging it? This is 2002 in my life, 2003. All right, about 15 years ago, actually. I got to challenge it. And how do I challenge this? It's one thing to identify it. Remember this graph that I gave you guys last week? Here it is. Thoughts, emotions, beliefs. 
If you're, if you're a guest here, I, I can't go back and reteach the last couple of weeks, but, 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 but I, I gave a graph. It goes for what you think about determines what you feel about. And if you think something and feel something long enough, it settles into what's called a belief system. The belief system is your grid where you evaluate and tabulate information. It's your perspective. It really is. That's what it is. But here's what I realized. I'm feeling, all right, these feelings of intense frustration. It's anger, Steve. Just admit, okay, it's anger. Why am I, why am I getting like this? What, what is wrong with me? Now I've got to go back and I've got to realize what am I thinking? What am I meditating on that's producing these feelings? See, I want to say this respectfully. Some of you guys have feel, felt feeling so long, you actually think that's how you were created. You think, in other words, that's part of your personality. It's not part of your personality. That's an adaptive part of your personality based upon unchallenged thinking. Because what you think about determines what you feel about. So I went back and I realized, watch this, I went back and I realized, okay, now I understand why I'm feeling angry. It's based upon thoughts I've allowed to go through my mind. So I started challenging my thoughts. Delete, cast down, that's not true. Let me give you another one. 2010, it was the spring of 2010. And I'm sitting there, this will really help you guys. I'm sitting there at my kitchen table and I realized, wow, I'm anxious. I've, got, I've been having this knot in my stomach for about 18 months. I, I just, it's like I just finally faced it. I went, this is not healthy. This is, this is, this is, this is not healthy. This is, I, I got I to I gotta get over this. It was anxiety here. All right, name it. Everybody say name it. All right, thank God I had some wonderful people to talk to and thank God I had some godly men to be able to help me sift through this and realize, well, here's what happened. In 2010, remember we were in at Church of the King at this Little Creek campus, we were in the largest, let me say this, we were in the longest building project in the history of American Christianity. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it sure felt that way. And anybody was in our church, we built this building, we went through a recession, long, I can't even get into all of it. It's just, it was a long thing, and thank God we did at this campus, and it all worked, but it took us three or four years longer than we thought. All right, here's the point. Watch this. Watch how this works. I'm sitting there in 2010, and I realize, what is this anxiety? This is, this is, and I've been living with it. All right, so now I go back. Can I have my graphs with thoughts and everything? Thank you. All right, so watch this. Uh, so, so I'm feeling anxious, anxiety. Now let's go back to our thoughts. You guys ready? I'm challenging it. Here it is. Remember, this, is, this didn't just happen. This is a byproduct. These feelings are byproducts of this. Well, here's my thoughts. And I realized I'd been meditating on this. Oh my gosh. I'm the pastor of this church. What's going to happen? What happens if we never finish this building? And people are going to think that I led them astray. And oh my gosh, they've given millions of dollars. And what if it's never accomplished? And I'm going to look like an idiot. We're all going to look stupid. And it's okay. Now, now just listen to me. Those are thoughts that I'm thinking for months and months and months and months. Let me tell you, you can't think those thoughts and not produce anxious feelings. Does that make sense? So I had to go back. Everybody say, challenge it. 
I had to go back and challenge those thoughts because some of those thoughts were unhealthy. Number one, this church doesn't rest on my leadership ability. This church belongs to God. Number two, there's other great men and women here. Number three, that's, that's an overassessment of my self-importance. That, that's ridiculous. Number four, God's in control. Number five, God knew there was going to be a recession. Number six, there was a whole board of men that agreed upon this. Number, so I had a disproportionate, inordinate uh, a, a sense of my centrality, which was causing me to be a nervous wreck. Does this make sense? How does it feel that every week you guys get to hear me confess my sin? Isn't that great? Do you feel just better about yourselves? But anyway, I'm just, but, but so this, I'm trying to help you. Now, I don't live there anymore. I don't live there. Thank God I, I, I challenge it. So let me give you three questions to challenge. I got about six or seven minutes and I'll cl- close. Let me give you three ways to challenge, all right? Number one, here's here, three questions to ask yourself. Number one, what's the real reason I'm feeling this? The real reason, go back to, go back to the uh, graphs. The real reason is, number one is, I've been thinking unhealthy thoughts. So the reason I'm feeling this is because what I'm thinking. So you got to ask yourself this question. Listen to me. Some of you have felt feelings for years. Those feelings are not who you are. It's what you become, but it's not who you are. God didn't create you to be that way. God didn't create me angry and anxious. I'm a child of God. That's what's become adaptive to my personality based upon unhealthy thought patterns. Number two, the second thing that we need to do, and thank God I'm not there anymore. Number two, the second question I need to ask myself is, is it true? Is it true? Is what I'm feeling right now true? There's a point where Elijah in the scripture gets so down and so discouraged and so depressed. Elijah, the great man of God. Do you know he actually told God this? How many of you know if you tell God something, you better have your facts straight? He told God, he said, God, I don't know if you know this or not. This is in the Bible, 1 Kings. I don't know if you know this or not. I'm the only person that's not bowed down to the false gods of Baal. You know what God said? I'm going to add a little bit here. He says, do you think I'm a fool? There's 7,000 people that haven't bowed down. You don't have your facts straight. Number one, you've got to understand what you're thinking has produced what you're feeling. Number two, is what you're feeling true? It feels true, but is it true? Your thought patterns have produced that. You're th- back to me. What's going to happen? The whole church. I'm not the church of the king. I'm part of the church. That's unhealthy thinking. Are you all with me? Let, let me give you the third thing here. and This will help you. Is what I'm feeling, this is going to help everybody, is what I'm feeling helping me or hurting me? Ask yourself that. Whatever you're feeling, is it helping you or is it hurting you? My wife and I went to a restaurant one time and my wife, when we go in a restaurant, I love Jennifer. She's awesome. When we go in a restaurant, she, you know, she, 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 well, she uses these words. We're going to dine. I said, honey, I don't go to dine. I go to eat. <laughs> no, no, no. We take our time. We dine. You know, so she's just, she's dining. She's looking at the menu. She's doing different things. She's evaluating things. She just kind of just, I'm like, you know, writing poems. I'm like, honey, I, I'm, not, I'm not into dining. I'm into eating. There's a goal. I'm hungry. Let's accomplish the goal. Let's eat. So things don't phase her. I mean, she's just, flow, I just, it's awesome. Praise God. One time we walked in this restaurant and I, 
you know, I'm just sitting there, you know, and I don't know if this ever happened to you. I'm sure it has, maybe, but, and, um, and so I'm sitting down. We got there like we we're the, like one of the first ones. And so this other couple got there like a minimum of five to seven minutes after us. I'm, I'm serious. So I'm just kind of sitting down. Nobody's waited on us or anything. You know, nobody's done anything on us. So I see this couple over here, and like this, this, this waiter comes up. Hey, can I get you something to drink? You know, and so it's just like, oh, okay. You know, wait, where's, where's our little waiter? You know, and I'm just like, so I, I'm now, I'm now picking up on this, right? So I'm just like, you know, and so then the drinks come back, okay? And then he takes the order and, you know, we haven't, we, nobody's come see us yet. And I was like, um, are, are you, are you like catching what's happening here? Are you, are we, are we together? I'm dining. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> I want to know what's happening over here. Why, why is that? Why? We were way, way before this couple over here. I don't know if this is a conspiracy. I don't understand this. Maybe they used to go to Church of the King, don't like me. I, I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand what's going on here, but there's like an injustice. This is serious, okay? I, I don't get this. You know, and she's like, just calm down. I'm like, no, 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 you calm down. I'm here to eat. What's up? You know, so now all of a sudden, watch this, watch this. This holy, no, no, it's not holy. This unholy mist is rising in my heart. Are y'all with me? It wasn't the Holy Spirit. No, no, it's like toxin, anger, things, stuff, feelings. I'm like, what's up? So then, finally, I mean, it's like, it's absurd at this point. I'm like, I'm going to talk to a manager. Then she goes to what's called the nuclear option. You know what that is? Here it is. You guys ready? She goes, don't you dare go tell anybody they could go to the church. I don't care where they go to church. I don't care if they go to hell. No, I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Okay, that was too much. I need service. Okay. I'm sorry. Here's my point. It's wonderful y'all having so much fun watching me today. Here's my point. I'm learning when I feel myself going, I'm learning. Okay, is this helpful? It doesn't mean now I've acquiesced to a passive lifestyle, but it does mean that there's a way that I can handle things that's different than I have in the past. How many know you can win and lose at the same time? So here, here's the question. Everybody say this. Is it helpful or hurtful? Let me give this last thing. Okay, so you name it. Watch this. Name it. Anger. Name it. Anxiety. Challenge it. Why am I thinking those thoughts? That's inordinate thinking, unhealthy thinking. This is helping me to think. No, 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 it's not helping. Let me give this. Tame it. How do I tame it? How do I tame this? Okay, the, the easiest way to tame it is to replace the thoughts. You replace the thoughts. Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. Well, what do you replace it with? Scripture. Healthy perspective. You change the thoughts. You got to change your thoughts. There's two ways, watch it. There's two ways to tame your feelings. Watch this. I got to change my thoughts. I got to get a different perspective. Or I've got to channel my emotion. I got to change my thought or channel my emotion. One is change my thinking. The other one is change my action. You can actually change how you feel based upon changing an action. I'm going to talk about that as I close. So number one, I think I... So, 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 so sometimes I need to change my thought. and Sometimes I need to change... My action, my action. How do I change? Okay, let me close with this story. 
So I'm changing my thoughts. I go back, anxiety, go back to the thoughts, challenge it. Those are unhealthy thoughts. I need right perspective. This church belongs to God, right perspective. There's a whole board that voted for this, right perspective. There's thousands of people felt this was God's will. God knew a recession was going. God knew all that stuff. So I'm changing my thinking. What's happening? My anxiety is dissipating. There it goes. I'm changing my thoughts. Not that I'm being passive, but I'm being appropriately responsible, not inordinately responsible. Does that make sense? Okay, okay. Well, what's another way to change my feeling? Here it is. I'll give you this story. I'll close. There's a guy in our church named Raymond Pizzatola. He gave me permission to use this story. Raymond grew up and made some poor choices like all of us as kids have done, but his poor choice uh, landed him in jail. And so when he went to jail and his mom prayed for him and he got born again, and, and now watch this. And he said, he says, you know, there's times where I have felt at times feelings attached to all that stuff of my past. And he says, one of the ways, listen, this is important, that I've learned to deal with that is I've channeled those feelings into helping others. He's the number one volunteer that we have now in our jail ministry. If you've been abused, let me, please, I want to be so sad. If you've been legitimately abused in life, one of the ways to change that feeling is, is for you to channel that feeling. Aristotle said it this way, you are what you do. There's truth to that. Not totally, but there's truth to that. Because when you change your behavior, when you change an action, it changes a feeling. See, all of a sudden you go from victim, not delegitimizing it, it was true abuse, but what you're saying to those feelings of abuse is you're disempowering them to control and constrict your life and you're now channeling them to help other people that were abused and now the focus gets off of your hurt and it gets onto someone else's and it changes your feeling. Does that make sense? It changes your feeling. Changes it. Everybody say change it or channel that. Okay, I'm going to ask you to stand.